Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Spawn of Azathoth. It was written by Keith Herber, and uh, our game master is John Hook. This is episode two. Our recap will be given by Stuart Lively as his character, Cornelius Cuthbert. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Stuart? The Tuesday Night Academy, an intriguing club of which I've become a member just a year ago. Philip Baxter created this club several years before that. It's a group of like-minded individuals who are currently, who are interested in science and those curious mysteries that are currently yet to be explained by it. My acquaintance from his days at Brown University, Frederick Long, was sponsored and joined this club as well. Recently, just days ago, out of the blue, Philip Baxter got sick and died just a day later. After all being notified of our acquaintance's recent untimely death, we all gather to attend his burial. The highly successful investment banker, Myron Dexter, who had a recent horrible dream of Philip's demise. The astute professor, Dr. Frederick Long, accomplished astrophysicist, back from his tenured position at Miskatonic University. The fascinating Dr. Zeno Saladin, who some say can read fortunes and peer into the future. My good friend, Zebedee Cordova, well-known professor of history at Brown University. And myself, Cornelius Cuthbert, senior librarian at the very same Brown University here in Providence. We all gather for Philip's burial services. Others attended as well. Silas Patterson, Tuesday night academy member. Professor Francis Wilson, also a Tuesday Night Academy member. Harold Engelhard, Brown University Administrator. Father Julian Baxter, older brother of Philip. Angela Vincenzo, nanny for Philip's children and good friend of Philip. And Emmett Phillips. And Emmett uh, Baxter, Philip's oldest son. Angela invited us over to Philip's manor afterwards for coffee and cake. Upon arriving, Dr. Long and I find Silas there already sneaking about by himself in Philip's old study. Between Zeno chatting with Father Julian Baxter and Myron speaking with Dr. Douglas Walters, family physician, it was discovered that Philip was plagued by restless dreams and all seemed to be shocked by his untimely death. Myron gathered a contact at a news clipping service as well. Emmett comes in last and ushers us all out. Two days later, the reading of the will takes place. The four of my companions are invited to attend, as well as Judge Bardick, who's reading the will, Silas Patterson, Father Julian Baxter, his servant Matthew, Angela Vincenzo, Dr. Douglas Walters, and Emmett Baxter. We are all shocked to hear in the will Philip made last minute changes to, uh, read as follows. Angela is left the manor and a small fund to care for the property. Half of the remaining funds to his children, Colin, Cynthia, and Emmett. The other half is to the Tuesday Night Academy. Two packets were also distributed as part of the will. One sent to Professor Francis Wilson, who earlier left the country, and one to Myron Dexter and Associates, which contained three items, a note, a map, and a book. Why did Philip 
have the five of us mentioned in particular for such an odd assembly of items in this package? What readily caused Philip's untimely death? What did my poor old friend get himself into? Fantastic questions, indeed. So we'll bring the camera in as the five of you have just been reviewing the contents of this packet. Uh, you are currently in the uh, office of uh, Judge Braddock. He's given you the room to, uh, to have uh, momentarily while you review this. Um, what do you have to say? So I think that it is significant that we find dream imagery here. I, uh, I'm not completely unfamiliar with the lore of dreams, you know. Um, I'm curious why the priest thinks that he can interpret dreams. Not something I'd expect from a Roman Catholic. I mean, isn't I mean, isn't there plenty of dream interpretation in the Bible? In the Old Testament, yes, but not in the New Testament. Uh, the, the sort of astrological aspects of the Bible were were very Old Testament, and although there's a great deal of knowledge to be learned there, I think that time is somewhat past. Um, He's not a Jew, so I don't know why he would be interpreting dreams. Oh, maybe you should go ask him. What I, what I am curious about, though, is why why the five of us? Why is this what he gives us? Yeah, the only it. one he had an explanation for was me, that I appeared in one of the dreams. Uh, if there were some ob obvious bond between us, that would be that might settle it. But as there is not, uh, all I could say is it seems evident to me that both the Baxter brothers have been, uh, you know, a little unhinged of late. Uh, Perhaps. You know. And and I want to know if uh, if Father Julian was encouraging this dream experimentation, if he knows what drug it is that Philip was taking to uh, cause him to have more unusual dreams. Well, do any of you have drug. any medical knowledge? What kind, of what kind of drug would you use to induce dreaming? I, I have no idea, but wasn't, um, wasn't their family doctor here at the, at the will reading? Uh, Walters, is that his name? Hmm. Maybe he would know. Perhaps he we was can taking. catch him before they all leave. He might be out there talking with the uh, with Braddock still, yeah. Thing is, I asked him already about Baxter's health and if he had, I don't think he would have condoned any drug use. Uh, and I think if he'd known about any, when cornered after Philip behaves erratically and then dies abruptly, I think he'd be the first to mention something. It's most likely some exotic Tibetan uh, herb 
that uh, he was taking uh, to allow him to lucidly dream. Or something, uh, some catnip sold to him by a quack in a turban. This might be of the utmost importance to, to find out what drug this was, if it might have had some play in his death. If it's some exotic, unregulated, unknown chemical or substance, might have he overdosed? Might have this looked like a heart attack when it was really too much of this sleeping drug? What did the coroner say was the cause of death? Heart attack or stroke or? The doctor said heart attack, yeah. I don't think that they bothered to do an autopsy though. Uh, it's not always done. This was very quick though. He died three, oh no, plus two days, five, five days ago. And then he was buried uh, two days later. Was there really time for anything? Any conclusive testing? Well, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure of Catholic practice, but like I said before, they might not have embalmed him, in which case they would have had to get him in the ground within three days or so. Yeah. I would think that uh, young Master Emmett, uh, being as angry as he is about the outcome of the will, if anyone's going to press for an exhumation, it would be him. Except he's as thick as can be with the housekeeper, and frankly, she's, uh, I don't know, Wouldn't she's sweet for my taste. If, if, we're, if we're investigating, for no apparent reason, a possible murder, um, wouldn't the maid be the most likely person? She stood the most to inherit. Yeah. It's very true. Did so, she know? Did she no, know that she was going to inherit all of that? We, oh, we should it. find out who administered the drug. Was this self-administered? It felt like just the way he wrote that it might have been self-administered. And we don't know what the last minute changes to his will uh, were. What exactly he, he added to it. And the door opens as you hear it knocking and Judge Braddock uh, steps in and says, gentlemen, if you've concluded, I would like to have my office back now. Myra, do you think that we should show the uh, the final dream to uh, the priest? Uh, well, I'll certainly I'll certainly be discussing uh, Father Julian's dream research with him. Uh, uh, it might it might depend on what he has to say about what he and Patrick were up to, or Philip were up to. I'd like to be there when you do that. Thank you, Judge. Judge Braddock, uh, if I recall, uh, the only change to the will was this packet for us, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, the um, bequest to the Tuesday night group was, well, predated it substantially, is that? That is safe to say, yes. All right. 
Uh, well, thank you, Judge Braddock, for your time. Um, if you're curious about the content of this packet uh, and you wish to discuss them with us further, I think that's a possibility. Uh, we're honestly a little bit flummoxed about what Professor Baxter had in mind. Um, but I'm yes, sure well, if you feel like you need me to consult, then by all means, see my secretary and make an appointment. I appreciate it. Thanks and have a good day. Good day to you all. Uh, gentlemen, um, we can continue this conversation uh, in a private office at my bank. That's suitable to you. Um, That's fine with me. I, I try to rush out first out to the street to see where Silas is going. I, I want to see if he's having any side conversations with anybody outside. Uh, great. Uh, okay. So Cornelius takes off and uh, heads out to uh, get to the street. Um, and when you get out there, give me a spot hidden. Ooh, 13. That's... Uh... No, it's a success to the level of spot hidden 80. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, that's an extreme. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, you look down the street. Silas, uh, you know, you guys talked for a while and possibly Silas hung around, maybe spoke to a few people, but um, he did seem to leave a little bit early. You lucked out and you did catch a, a glimpse of him further down the street and you can see that he's uh, like checking both ways as he jogs across the street and is heading further down um the uh, the avenue he's on foot hmm. okay so nothing out of the ordinary okay well, that's all right I, I, will, I will he he does seem to be kind of in a like in a purposeful he's he's oh, he's, he's on the move somewhere Okay. All right. So as the as our group comes out, I'll notify them immediately, as long as they don't dawdle too long. Enough. Did Did he park on another street or something? Uh, if If he did park on another street, it's quite a ways away. That doesn't seem like he would park so far away and hike in, unless he was trying to hide something. Well, uh, he's. I would get the impression he's had a rather hard week. Um, or longer than that. I mean, he's he's looking for other other positions, was he not? And now he's been uh, yelled at by. Um, hmm. By Emmett and. Hi, I, I did you happen to see uh, the doctor lingering around as well? I did. Did I? Um. I'll let someone else, anybody else who wants to uh, look to see if the doctor is checked. Well, I, had, I had mentioned it, so when I come out, I'm immediately... Oh. Okay, good. Yeah, so um, um, Dr. Zeno, as you come out, you do see um, the, uh, the the doctor, the physician, um, dun, 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 uh, Walters, Dr. Walters. Uh, you see Dr. Walters, and uh, he is with uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Vincino, uh, Angela, uh, the, the housekeeper, and um, uh, he is, Dr. Walters has a car and uh, he's helping uh, Angela into his car. Uh, Emmett is there as well and he just kind of, you know, 
uh, nods at Walters, says, you know, waves and says goodbye to Angela, and he heads off to go to a different car. Okay. Can I intercept them while they're all there? Sure. All right. I'm going to try to intercept them. Ah, Dr. Walters, uh, Angela, um, a quick question for you. Were you aware of, uh, of Philip taking any kind of a sleep aid or drug? at night uh and uh emmett um seems perplexed but angela uh looks at you and says yes yes he he did have uh trouble sleeping i i believe uh uh julius uh his brother uh was was assisting him with this ah he'd given him some sort of a uh concoction to help him uh sleep i see i think so i'm not exactly sure what it was but i'm almost positive that it was uh julian who was helping him with his sleep was there a label on the bottle that you recall not necessarily what was on it but was there a label not that i recall no i remember it's a it's a small uh, brown bottle much like you would get at the pharmacy but huh. I don't know. I don't recall Correct. seeing a label. All right. Thank you very much. Um, once again, I'm very sorry for the loss of our friend and uh, uh, have a good evening. Thank you. So I go back to the others. So the priest is giving him the drug and the drug is some concoction that the priest is creating. It's not a drug you'd get over the, the counter. Uh, no label on the bottle. Small brown bottle, perhaps reused from something else, or you, you can actually purchase such bottles. So the priest is an interesting thing. Uh, yes, uh, Myron, I would very much like to be there when you speak to him. All right, we'll see how the uh, old fellow feels about it. If, again, we can even make an arrangement while he's still above the sod. Um, uh, all right, uh, let's go. Uh, it's, it's only a few blocks to the bank. Um, I'll arrange for a, a private room for us. So you guys are going to drive together to uh, to the bank or caravan if it's more than one car? Yeah. I assume that the law office and the bank, given the size of downtown Providence, are only a few blocks away. Yeah, only a few blocks. Uh, and let's see, we took the bank. We were all in the bank car on the way here. So I assume he went about other duties and we can just walk a few blocks. Because I didn't know we were going to be caravanning. I didn't, know we'd, I didn't know we'd be together after the reading of the will. So you guys walk down to the bank? Yes. Okay. Um, so since uh, Cornelius had an extreme success with his uh, spot hidden earlier, I will uh, give this to him um, as, a, as an additional reward for that extreme. Uh, as you guys are heading to the bank, uh, Cornelius, your, your mind goes back to Silas and, uh, you know, relatively speaking, Providence is not a very large town. 
Um, and so um, as you're approaching the bank, across the street and further down, but not too much further down, happens to actually, by coincidence, be the uh, funeral home that was uh, that was utilized uh, for um, Baxter's funeral. Okay, and um, uh, Cornelius, you catch sight of uh, Silas entering the funeral parlor. Interesting. And, and, and he's off the street now. He's in the building. Um, um, yeah. Oh, I'm mentioning this to to the our crew, the Myron and Associates. Um, uh, did we? Was the uh, was that an open? It wasn't an open casket, was it? Um, or or was it? It was mm. not. It was not. Mm, okay. Ooh, light bolt. Um, this is suspicious. Um, can we go down there and, and just, uh, this does not, hmm, I don't Here, know, I'm sorry. Cornelius, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll come with you. We can go, Thank we can go talk to him. If anything, I, I mean, he's, I don't know. I, I'm very intrigued by Silas at this point. Yeah, especially finding him sneaking around by himself in uh, Philip's study. And they weren't that close. So he just seemed like he was up to something. I'd like to find out what that something is. Uh, all right, I you think, can uh, I think speak. I'll tag along. I'll tag oh. along. Very well. It's going to take me a minute to explain to staff at the at the bank that uh, Zeno isn't isn't holding me at gunpoint. I beg your pardon. Tell them that I'm a rich sheik from across the. Yes. I'm here to make an investment. Sheik of Araby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting experience. Uh, so yes, yeah, so you can just give your names when you get to the bank, and uh, you'll be shown uh, to a, to an office. Thank you. Good luck with that. That Silas guy did give me. Uh, I didn't like the looks of him. Shifty, narrow eyes. Um, okay, so uh, is the group splitting? So is Doctor Zeno and Myron heading for the bank, and Cornelius? Uh, Zebedee and uh, Long, are they heading for the funeral home? Is that what I heard? Right. Awesome. Uh, so let's bring the camera and follow the trio of men heading for the uh, funeral parlor. Gentlemen, um, call me paranoid, but I would kind of like to hear what Silas is speaking of. So if... Uh, if we could go in not like loud and right down the middle, unless you think that might be better. Well, uh, we'll enter, but uh, um, just don't make ourselves known. We'll try to listen. Yes. Be cautious. Okay, so uh, going through the front door? It's, yeah, mm, yeah I suppose. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, make a stealth roll. Okay. Haha. -ha. Ooh, an O9. That is a hard success. A standard success. That is a 97. Oh. That is a fail. <laughs> Ninja quiet crash. 
Um, I will, uh, I probably should have explained it uh, better. So if you're going in as a group, I would have only just wanted one roll. Since there was two out of three that were successful, I'm going to say as a group, you guys were successful. Um, so uh, as you're coming in through the door, you are careful to uh, silence the dingling bell uh, that's struck by the door as it opens. Um, so you just kind of basically have to stick a finger into it and it stops the uh, clapper. Um, and so you're able to uh, get into the uh, into the front parlor of the uh, of the uh, funeral home. Um, and it's uh, you know, as many funeral homes, it's a it's a very somber and a very quiet building. Uh, and you can see in this front parlor, there's uh, some, uh, you know, as tasteful as can be, uh, uh, displays of caskets and uh, there's pamphlets and um, uh, different uh, uh, booklets that describe uh, the variety of uh, headstones that they offer and other services. And you can see that there's um, a hallway that goes towards the rear of the building. Are there any other doors to this immediate area or is it the only exit is that corridor? Right now, the only exit is that corridor, but you can see as you just kind of look down that there are doors flanking it on either side. And then at the end, it, it seems like it might open up into another uh, larger area, uh, probably similar in design and size as this front area. I will take cautious steps about a third of the way down the hallway and listen, I'm listening for voices. Okay, so that sounds very stealthy to me. Uh, does anybody want to follow Cornelius? Well, my 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 intention coming in here was just to to just stay here in, in the lobby and just and okay. see if I can hear anything from here. Um, and Zebedee, I will follow my good buddy Cornelius. Okay, uh, so Cornelius, you will be. Uh, uh, the stealthy roller, uh, but let me ask Zebedee. Uh, Zebedee, do you have any uh, beyond base, do you have any skill points in stealth? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Cornelius, do you have any uh, points in stealth beyond base? Yes. Okay. I'm 60. Uh, all right, you're 60. Okay. That sounds really good. So um, due to uh, basically having to uh, pull an amateur along with you, you're going to have to kind of spend some of your time telling him how to be quiet and whatnot as you're going through this. So you're going to have to make this stealth roll with a, uh, a penalty die. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Let's he's, try bring it. he's bringing you down, my buddy. Yeah, let's try it. Okay. There is a tremendous failure for kickoff. <laughs> Well, then that's probably all you need then. Yeah, we'll just go. Let's see. That was a 70 and a 60. Hey, so <laughs> failing this. All right. Oh, so we'll, we will have a failure. So uh, as you guys are trying to head down this hallway, uh, Zebedee uh, sneezes. And uh, and it's like a lightning bolt coming through you. It was it was pretty loud. Make a listen roll. Uh, okay, listen, 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 listen. Oh, phooey. No, I missed it just by. I can't hear anything either. 
Okay. The and sneeze is so loud, the ears and, ring. And between the two of you, who has the lower luck? Okay. I, I have 60, 60 luck. 60 versus who? 68. All right. So, Zebedee, make a luck roll for me, please. Fifty-nine. <laughs> All right. So you guys, um, and, you know, have the sneeze. You pause. You listen as hard as you can. You don't hear anything, but after several heartbeats, nothing seems to be happening. There's nobody like coming out. So there's in this corridor that you're in. There are. Uh, four doors, two on either side, and then up ahead, you can see it does open up into a slightly larger room, similar in design as to the parlor that you were in when you first came in. Uh, but while you hear nothing from the four doors and you don't hear anything from the secondary back area, um, neither has anyone come out into the hallway to investigate any other noises. Now, we never heard voices or we did hear voices? You have not heard voices yet because okay. you failed your you failed your listen roll, right? Okay. No, I wonder if they're being... Um, okay. Well, this is very odd. We just saw silence in here and now it's dead silence. Something doesn't seem right. I look back to, uh, to Dr. Frederick Long. Let's see... Nothing, no one up there. Yeah, Long hasn't heard anything either. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go wander um, back into the uh, into that larger space. So you'll head down the hallway. This, 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 this is a business. Um, it is a business. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm like, like they would expect people to come in here, and we have, of course. A, um, so Cornelius, Silas, so, I'm going to yep. just go so Cornelius and Zebedee are in the hallway. So you're going to join them and pass them and go into that back mm -hmm. area. Okay. So Dr. Long is kind of walking past you. The carpeted floors are muffling his uh, shoe falls, you know, so it's not too bad. Okay. Well, I'll just open the door closest to us then. Okay. Quietly, uh, I can quietly, not abruptly. Sure. Sure. Uh, you open up the door that's closest to you, and it's a very small little room. It, it looks almost like it's a consultation room, uh, maybe for like private consultation to discuss uh, funeral arrangements, you, know, you would assume, being that this is a funeral home. Sense. No other exit? No, correct. It's just a very tiny, tiny room. Professor? Hmm. Yes. I'll just, I'll search, I'll search for room. There might be something. Okay, Maybe. you find a secret door. No. <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it's a small table. It's a couple of chairs. You know, it's, you know, probably four chairs, small table. It's a consultation room. Professor Long. As you head further down into that larger area in the back, uh, you can see that this area, um, there's, uh, it's set up, there's like a water fountain. Uh, you can see another door that has uh, like a little restroom uh, sign on it. 
and then at the back of the room, uh, you see another door that has a placard on it that says uh, private. Okay, and it's, everything is everything's still quiet. Don't see anybody, don't hear anybody. You can make a listen roll. You may attempt. Ooh, 22 is a regular success. You hear muffled but unclear sounds. They do sound like voices, but you just can't tell what they're saying. Emanating from behind the private door. I'm going to do something that's uh, very considered very rude in polite society, but I'm going to get closer. Kind of see just here if it's silent. Okay. Uh, so are you opening the door or just coming up to the door? Um, I'll, I'll come up to the door um, first. And if that's not any better, uh, then I'll, I'll knock. If I can't uh, hear them through the door, then I'll... Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the sound of the voices, again, while you can tell there are voices, um, they're too muffled to know what they're saying. So it sounds like your intention is not to uh, stay stealthy outside that door, but you actually want to give a light wrapping on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, just a little bit. Uh, before he knocks on the door, uh, Cornelius and Zebedee, what do you guys want to do? Um, I'll poke my head in the other door in the hallway and then uh, head on down. Again, being, being quiet, not suspiciously quiet just you know looking like oh hey by the way if okay. someone catches me yeah, but i'll still be quiet about it yeah um uh, so close to cornelius okay uh so one of the other doors you know so there's four doors two on either side of this hallway and uh so the first two doors first one on the left and the first one on the right um uh you look in those and they are they are consultation rooms uh you check one of the other two doors and it's like a supply closet uh with janitorial items yeah. and then the other one is a supply closet with like office supply items um those are much smaller than the consultation rooms and so that that's all four of those doors and then there's this like uh like a like a family area towards the back there with the water fountain and the restrooms and stuff there's a couple of couches and just you know you're able to sit and um, there's probably also like a phonograph with some really boring records right you know for just some like really somber music right uh and then there's that that private door and as you guys come into that uh back area uh dr long who'd been standing next to it has a uh, knuckle raised and is ready to rap Uh, all right uh so dr long knocks on the door and uh, uh dr long you can hear that the voices uh stop immediately and in fact you think you may have heard someone going Shh! and then a voice uh kind of louder says uh uh be right there hold on please and uh there's uh approaching someone is approaching I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back and just okay do, do i hear any of that or do I yeah just you yeah uh cornelius and zebedee you guys uh had just checked all four doors 
and had just come into that like family area in the back when uh, Long knocked on the door. And now the door opens. This gentleman uh, steps out from uh, the back room and, uh, and he says, uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, how may I help you? Uh, I'm so sorry to bother you. Um, I'm a, I'm a friend of the uh, late Philip Baxter, uh, who I believe um, his funeral was handled through here. Um, he says, y yes. And my uh, my associates and and myself, um, we've uh, been uh, charged by a couple things in his will, and we have uh, just. Uh, we're just curious about a, a couple of things. Uh, also, um, another attendant at the funeral uh, stopped in here, and we were hoping, uh, we were just wondering if he was uh, kind of looking at the same things that, that we were curious about. A Silas is his name. Silas? Silas Patterson? Yes, yes. I thought I saw him step in here just moments before we did. Um, and, uh, so the, the gentleman, uh, who you just met, he stammers a little bit, but before he can say anything else, the door opens up behind him and, uh, coming out from the, uh, from that door that was labeled private is Silas Patterson. Ah, oh, Silas, so sorry to, uh, to intrude. We just, uh, and, um, before we go any further, uh, all three of you, uh, can make a um, psychology roll. 93. Yeah. Yeah, a 39 is not going to cut it. <laughs> a, a, regu a regular success. A regular success for Zebedee. Uh, so, Zebedee, um, so the gentleman who came out first, uh, the one with the very large, like mutton chops, you know, kind of, I'm not sure what the name of it is when your mustache becomes the mutton chops. Right? Um, there's something there's something a little something strikes you odd about him um you can't quite put your finger on it but um uh, there seems to be there seems to be something that is um it's actually a little off-putting uh when you meet him but Again, you're you're not able to exactly put your finger on that, and it's just a it's just a passing feeling. Uh, but just as you kind of were having that internal uh, uh, evaluation of this person that you've just met, that's when the door opened up, and then uh, Silas uh, comes out from behind, and uh, and of course uh, he knows uh, Cornelius, he knows uh, Doctor Long. And, uh, and I think he also met Dr. Uh, Zebedee uh, at the house, right? Didn't you go into the back room? Uh, yeah, and I work at, and I work at Brown, so. Oh, that's right. Okay, so uh, Silas comes out and, uh, and he, he looks at the three of you and goes, gentlemen, um, and, and, and then he kind of looks at the three of you and says, were you following me? No, no, we were... Uh, going over to the bank, uh, we we saw you enter, and uh, we have some. Uh, we were curious about uh, 
Philip Baxter, um, and I, I would assume that's why you're here. I, I... Um, the other gentleman, um, the strange gentleman, looks at Silas. All three of you may again make a psychology roll. Getting better, but 84 now. Yeah. Thir 38 uh, was a little better than my last roll. Still a failure. Yeah, just a regular. I go regular. Yeah, um... Uh, Silas is real uncomfortable with you guys asking him or talking about uh, Baxter. So he's like, um, I, I, I don't know what you guys want from me. When, when was the last time? This is just more of a personal query. When was the last time you saw him, Silas? Um, well, probably just a few days before he died. Do you know anything about his passing? Anything at all? I I don't know anything. What are you What are you implying? I'm not implying anything. It's just you seem a bit tense right now. As soon as we mentioned his name, sir. Listen, my friend died. I, you know, I think I knew him better than you. My friend died, and it's, uh, you know, it's very upsetting. Very upsetting indeed. Uh, I, well, we just, uh, maybe you could help us fill, fill, it, uh, fill us in just a little bit. Um, uh, it's, I'm, I'm going to talk to the, uh, directing this towards the, pers the, uh, the person, uh, not Silas, but the other, the other man. Uh -huh. um, and, and in fact, when you kind of indicate at him, he, he, he looks at you and goes, uh, Beswick, uh, Alvin oh, Beswick. Beswick, uh, Dr. Frederick Long. Uh, sorry, when I, I came, I came, uh, I came down here from, from Arkham, I was just, uh, I, I was a little uh, curious with the, uh, the, with the funeral, uh, that there was no, uh, viewing. No, not open casket. I'm just curious if there was a uh, a, a reason for that, uh, or just a. I. I I'm afraid I I don't know what you mean, and I I, I don't think I care for your. Uh, line of questioning. Well, to get to I, the point, I, I think it would be a very good idea for all of you gentlemen to leave. To get to the point, Alvin, I received an interesting note indicating that they thought that Philip Baxter was not in that coffin that was buried. We found it quite interesting. I did. It's an anonymous note. And it was something worth asking about. Do you know anything of this? So Alvin looks at Silas. Silas looks at Alvin. And he says, I, "I have no idea what you're talking about. I think I think it is time, past time for you, please, to leave." Definitely, we are talking to the wrong people at this moment. Thank you and good day. I said good day. Turn around. Back. Back over to the bank. All right. 
you three exit the room uh and uh uh and silas and and alvin stand there and uh wait and watch you guys uh leave let's move the camera across the street uh to uh myron and uh zeno as you guys uh came into the bank uh, uh, zeno's led into the private office with myron um i think uh zeno probably does hear some uh some very muffled uh chuckles uh from behind the bank teller counters um and you guys are are in the office so there's a floor manager in the lobby of the bank yes uh and i'll have after i called upstairs to arrange for a conference room with uh my uh trusty Mrs. Wilson, who handles everything. I'll tell the floor manager to keep an eye out for, you know, three men looking like they're inquiring uh, and have them uh, escorted up by a junior clerk. Uh, and we'll have, I guess, a few minutes before they arrive. Yes. Size each other up. And I'm on my turf now, weirdo. <laughs> I'm just kind of curious to find out why they decided to follow, to follow Silas. I hope they had some questions for him that needed answering. Otherwise, it's going to look very strange for them. If they even found him. But uh, yeah, kind of a goose chase. Why do you I mean, what, if he's, he would... what if he's got a sick aunt, you know? Well, why do you suppose he would be going back to the this funeral home? Maybe he's paying for the funeral? Yeah, I don't. I think if anything, Silas would be looking for money, not uh, doling some out. You think yeah. maybe he realized some piece of jewelry was taken? Um, the the casket was closed, though. So how would he possibly know? Uh, who knows? Hopefully, they'll figure it out. So this is a, a bank. You called it. Yeah, a substantial uh, financial and fiduciary institution, uh, you know, loans to small businesses, uh, people's uh, savings from their hard efforts and labor. Mr. Dexter, I don't know who you think I am. I'm as American as you are. I've kept my money in the bank since I was 14 years old. And, uh, so this should not be an entirely alien environment to you. Don't don't be intimidated by what you see. I was a professor at Miskatonic University. I have uh, multiple degrees. I speak multiple languages. I've studied everything that Frederick Long knows about the stars. I know as well. Plus, is there I know something between you and uh, Professor Long? He has. Uh, he's his view is myopic. Uh, he uh, he sticks to the science and the numbers. He doesn't believe in anything that goes beyond that, despite the fact that there's thousands of years of human history that has been compiled to show that there may be a correlation between the position of the planets and the stars and the events that take place here on Earth. I'm kind of a numbers man myself for obvious reasons. Uh, well, numerology is a very interesting thing. It'd be interesting to do a chart on you and see what number I come up with. Nine is the best number. 
I think on a ledger, whatever number is biggest is the best number. Uh, and uh, and those are, uh, you know, by definition, to be of any value, they have to be, you know, the same every time. Uh, we can't, there's no uh, entry line for dreams or stars. Uh, so um, do you, you know a little bit about dreams? Do you know anything about drugs that you take to have dreams? I don't know how to concoct them, if you will, but I could probably, I could probably visit a number of uh, Chinese apothecaries that might know how to concoct such a, a thing. And I believe they really only allow you to uh, remember what you've dreamed. Um, the dreams become more vivid. Um, it sounds like from, from what uh, the fellow said that, uh, or that, that uh, Agatha said that he's been using this for some time and that the priest gave it to him. That seems very interesting. Perhaps there's more to this priest than the Roman Catholics would believe. Well, uh, Philip was only using that dream journal for a couple of weeks before he died. Uh, and there are no indications that Julian was looking at his dreams before that began. So, you know, I'm wondering if maybe Julian didn't start taking some digitalis for his heart, get some loopy ideas, and next thing you know, they're both taking, you know, plant substances. I don't know. Drugs can be overdosed, and uh, especially things that have to do with your sleep. They can put you to sleep for good. It's during this conversation that there's a light knock at the door and the uh, junior uh, clerk opens it and escorts in Cornelius Zebedee and uh, P Professor Long. I knew that was going to happen. So gentlemen, you find Silas in there. I, I have some, I just have a quick fit. Cornelius and Long, um, I got, they were acting very strange. I'm not the only one who saw that, but I got this very odd feeling with the director there. A very, I couldn't pinpoint it, but I had a very I... strange feeling. I wish I could remember it, but remember what it was thinking at me, but there was a strange. Well, I, I, I just mentioned, uh, I had mentioned to the proprietor that uh, about that we were associates of Philip Baxter and we were curious about uh, some points of his funeral and asking if Silas was there. Um, and at that point, the, they were rather uh, well, uh, upset by, by something. They, uh, so they Silas was no, there. He, he was there and uh, oddly enough, the, uh, the proprietor of the, uh, of the funeral home kept looking at, at Silas uh, before answering anything that we said, like he was taking a cue or something. Before I don't know. It was all. It, it it's all just very very strange. It was very. They were acting extremely odd. Like Silas was acting odd when we when the na when Philip's name was mentioned, and it was just it was strange. And that man, I I can't put my finger on it, but that director. Now. We saw them put the coffin in the ground, didn't we? You well, did. we did. You were outside in the parking lot. Oh, yes, yes. But it was closed. We never saw 
Philip. And they were, both of them were acting incredibly suspicious. In fact, before, before um, Silas appeared there, um, the manager, uh, Alvin, I believe his name was, at the funeral parlor, was sort of leading us cautiously away from uh, letting us know that he was there. And then, then Silas appeared. So something seems very fishy. And they did seem to get extremely agitated at, uh, at uh, Frederick's uh, second line of inquiry. All right. We have some, some interesting evidence. We have Philip Baxter's death. We have Philip Baxter taking a drug to help him sleep, confirmed by Angela. We have a dream journal, and we have a suspicious Silas and the director of the funeral home. And as I just pointed out to, to, to Mr. Dexter, you can overdose on a drug, correct? Yes? Yes. What if the drug put him to sleep in a manner that looked like he had died? but he was faking his own death. Now, I don't know why he would do that, but... Maybe he found something out while in his dreams. And if, if, oh, it was, if it was calculated precisely by perhaps a Chinese apothecary, it might be able to even fool the doctor into believing that he had died. You know, Brother Julian didn't look Chinese to me. I do have another line of inquiry, which might be Wilson, right? He left suddenly, and he was also given a package. Am I correct? Yeah, why did he leave the country? It was not just leave the area, but the country so quickly. He was at oh. the funeral, and he left the country, and he was the only other recipient of one of the same packages as was. But what's his business? Not a uh, He's at Brown. Yes, he, he's a professor of uh, ancient languages, oriental languages uh, at Brown. Uh, and according to uh, Judge Braddock, he did receive a package of some sort prior to the will reading of the will because Braddock was aware that Wilson had business out of country. And so he, he went ahead and gave him that uh, package um, not long, in, in fact, immediately after the funeral in the car, Wilson uh, uh, received his package while he went in route to the airport. Uh, something I do want to kind of clear up uh, because I'm, I'm not 100% sure if Myron um, has, uh, as player, put this together or not. But Myron, when we started this whole ordeal, you had a vision at midnight uh, of um, May 2nd, you know, the midnight morning of May 2nd. Um, but according to everyone who's been, uh, talking, uh, family members, the, you know, any, anybody that you've talked to, they all say that Philip died on Sunday, like early, possibly died in his sleep from Saturday night into Sunday. And, but your vision of, of a, of a, um, agonizing and uh dying and uh fighting for his life uh type of uh, specter of phil uh philip baxter 
would have been one day difference. So there's, there is a, there's a discrepancy between when other people are saying that he died and the vision that you encountered. Yeah, I mean, when I found out that he was already declared deceased, when he woke me up, I was pretty confused. Okay. Uh, either, you know, what I saw die was his ghost that was around a day later, uh, or, you know, as I feared, you know, uh, between the physician and the housekeeper and the sole remaining child in the house, I'm not sure everybody's telling the truth. So, so Myron, now you've you've explained your dream, your vision, to us, or have you just have you not? You know, I have not. Uh, let's let's retcon that though. Yeah, because I guess I assumed that he had already done that as a yeah. as a brief, you know, say I tell him about my dream, mm -hmm. you know, even though you guys yeah. were all there when I described it. So, no, let's say. Uh, you know, you guys come in in a flurry about Silas, and uh, when there's a lull, I say that regarding this whole dream thing, that, you know, it's strange that we're all here because of uh, the professor's dream, but, uh, you know, the reason I was already talking to his brother Julian about dreams is because I had uh, what you could call a night vision myself, uh, Late Sunday night, early Sunday morning, uh, I was uh, uh, wakened by a sound in my bedroom, and I saw a figure that I realized was Philip, although he was unclear uh, and phosphorescent, greenish in color. And he, this figure that I recognized as Philip Baxter, tried to reach out to me. Uh, and something that I couldn't see uh, attacked this figure and seemed to kill it by destroying its head. Right? My God. It was a crazy vision. And, and of course, I thought perhaps I would go from a dream. But when I was first interrupted, I tried to turn my lamp on and the bulb burst. And when I turned the lights on, the bulb was still burst. And I looked at the foot of the bed for some sign of some, I don't know, you know, um, um, any indication that somebody had set something up to confuse me and there was nothing. And I feel, felt then and feel now certain that I was awake and saw what I can only say uh, was Philip Baxter's ghost. But that was the day after he died, at least. This is amazing. The, the, the Tuesday night, Academy has has done some related investigations into various stories on uh, on uh, people's perceptions of, of, of loved ones or people who were close that have recently passed away and maybe visions that they might have had. It's okay, it's, Doc. It's okay, Cornelius. You can say the word ghost. It it may be, but. Um, Scientifically speaking, there's no proof of that yet, but we are very intrigued at, at, at studying such things. I have a suspicion that whatever is in that casket is either not Philip, or if it is Philip, it would be interesting 
to see if that had any sort of indication of what you said happened to him in your dream. Something's very suspicious going on here. Yes, but I also find it very odd that the professor of oriental languages is involved in this when Zeno was on about Chinese apothecaries. Look, um, if, 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 is it Hiram was the professor? The professor of oriental languages? Oh, no. Is that um, Francis Wilson? Francis Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. If, if, if Wilson had business in a foreign country, he made his plans to go to the foreign country weeks and weeks in advance uh, before Philip even died. So he couldn't just change his plans um, because Philip died. I think it seems very reasonable that uh, the lawyer gave him whatever Philip wanted that before he got on his airplane. Oh, that, I, I'm glad that you finally started applying logic to some things, you know. Um... Oh, I, I agree uh, with you. I would Dr. agree with Long, you. Are you here? I didn't realize that. <laughs> no, but... Now, one thing that I that I find interesting. Okay, uh, Mr. Dexter, I'm not at this point in my experience prepared to accept the reality of ghosts, but I I, I find it fascinating that he that Baxter felt so compelled and so worried to notify us of this will and it's, it was important to him and it's it's not the people that were in his house or that would possibly lied about his cause of death he gave it to to us of these an, an external party to to look into so perhaps he himself was mistrustful um, and i just and i do find it silas in the study now seems i didn't think much of, of it at the time uh but his behavior and now his continued correspondence with the with the funeral director I, I don't know this is all so very strange yeah i have to say i thought you guys were barking up a wrong tree about the body until i realized that if it didn't not just look obviously not like a heart attack or maybe a poisoning but if he had pieces of his head removed. It would be quite a ghastly sight for a, an open casket. There would be definitely cause there. And very hard not uh, to have a complicated inquiry into exactly what happened. Some, if it is uh, a, a grotesque injury to the head, then, um, then why wasn't, why the cover-up? you know, especially amongst friends and family. It, it, there's something very suspicious going on here. I, I think in, in trying to understand Myron's dream, or, or his vision, rather, it, it, it might not have actually represented uh, Philip's body, but his mind. And if parts of his mind were destroyed, that might have appeared as something tearing him apart. Uh, his body may be completely intact. Could be a stroke, could be something like that that's destroying the man's mind. Somehow he was projecting to you, or something of him was. Maybe perhaps, it's. Perhaps he was in the dream, yes. like in, in yeah. his map. 
Maybe his uh, maybe his travels into night vision continued after he died in his sleep. He was reaching out toward me. That was perhaps the worst part, that he was clearly, he was trying to speak or scream and I couldn't hear nothing. And he was oh, reaching out. He's made it clear with the package that he wants you to try and solve what's going on. And it's none of the people that seem to be suspiciously involved here. It wasn't to Silas. It wasn't to the doctor who supposedly gave him a, an autopsy or, or going over uh, the person administering drugs. It, it seems like all of the people that might have been most closely involved in what seems to be some sort of odd cover-up, he did not entrust. I would I like would everyone in the assembled room to make a spot hidden roll, please. Yep. I, well, I, I would like to uh, say, I want to check in on that funeral director again. I am too self-absorbed to notice anything. Besides Cornelius, besides Cornelius, was anyone else successful? I got a hard success with the fifth. Okay, Zebedee. Nope. Uh, so I'm picturing this room uh, that you guys are in as um, you know uh, upstairs. I heard that it was upstairs, and I picture that it is um, uh, streetward facing with a large window and uh, y'all's conversations are you know kind of animated people are standing and walking around the room and you know thinking and and walking at the same time to kind of get that blood going get the get the thoughts going and so during this kind of conversational dance where people are walking around and you know uh talking with their hands right and 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 expressing their thoughts and ideas uh both professor long and cornelius were close enough to the window and looked out at the right time and you can see uh silas patterson uh walking down the street uh both hands plunged deep into his pockets shoulders hunched a bit um uh, head down and uh walking striding with purpose uh back in the direction of uh the law office where you guys were earlier today Oh, there goes Silas again. That's right, in, right in the direction of where we came from, the reading of the will. Yeah. I, mate, we could take this opportunity then. He's not there. I would definitely like to speak to that director again, the manager. Well, I'm not sure that would go over too well. But what pretense? Well, I it sounds weird, but I reckon you would understand, Zeno, but I had a strange feeling when I saw him. Yes, but you can't just walk up and accuse somebody of something. No, with I, that I can't. Because you have a strange feeling. No, I can make up. We can make up a story like Cornelius. We can come up with some reason, or maybe you and Myron can go in. Well, I, it's Cornelius' the story that uh, gives me pause to uh, to going back there. Sorry, sorry, Cornelius. That was a little bit uh, jarring, even for me. That. Uh, uh, You're making was, up stories, Professor? Um, I wanted, as they seem to be giving us the runaround, I wanted to see their, their expressions when I simply mentioned that I found an anonymous note indicating that there was suspicion that um, Philip Baxter was not in the coffin. It's not a direct accusation. It's I, I shrouded it with a 
discovered an anonymous note, which rose a, a question. And they clearly bought it. Um, it certainly made them very upset and um, very on edge. Like it, it skyrocketed them. Through. Well, they were they, they were on edge because I asked about the the, the the closed casketed nature of the funeral. Uh, uh, that was ended that. Consider also, um, Cornelius, that if if I had just recently lost a friend, and some strange man walked up to me and said that he had an anonymous note saying that the body wasn't in the coffin, I would have quite a strong reaction to that. Of being interested in finding out the truth, not trying to cover it Which up. Which would also saying, mean that I would call the police and I would have the police question you and find out where the note came from. And there is no note. Don't use any bank note paper to make that note up. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, it's, it's a no. dangerous, dangerous game. Uh, well, for you, is, not for them. Yeah, something's very, yeah, something's being covered up here. And, Do any uh, of you, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Professor Cuthbert, you know this Silas guy from your Tuesday Night Club, right? Yes, he hasn't been around for ages. And in Did fact, you usually get along? Um, keeper? Yes, you were aware that Silas and Philip Baxter were very close. In any case, something is going on. I don't think that we have enough information to know what's going on. Do any of you people happen to be, uh, to know somebody who's like a, uh, you know, a private dick or somebody who can make inquiries that isn't one of us? Private investigator. Yeah, I mean, I could have a bank person work on it, but then there'd be a, I'd have to explain why. I want to know what happened to Emmett's business partner. If I had a company called E&E and one of the E's left, I wouldn't just cross his name out and give the same card that said E&E. Like Eddie O'Connell or O'Donnell, I've got it somewhere. But, hey, those uh, things are expensive to print, man. Yeah. It's not exactly forward business thinking. I Did know a reporter, but I doubt he'd be a it be available, so. It's actually a very good point. Anybody I didn't like the Emmett anybody kid. In business, anybody in business who has a business card, they wouldn't give out I, a business card. I know a private investigator, but he's also my backup character to break the fourth wall for a second. So I'm not sure how that... Uh, I would be fine if you wanted to run both of them, kind of kind of bring him in for something on the side and then fade him, have him fade back again, whatever you want to do. We've played double characters before. Swapping <laughs> hats. <laughs> that was the case, my journalist might... Or, you know, John could play him as an NPC. Mm -hmm. He is nicely tied in. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I actually do know somebody, a childhood friend of mine uh, who lives here in Providence. I'll, I'll reach out to him. Yeah, I'd like to be. I would like it to be somebody that somebody had a personal feeling for, because yeah. honestly, we're going to sound a little bit uh, mentally unstable uh, to a stranger. Uh, so yeah. our job is 
figure out uh, what to do with a map of a fairyland and a dream, or at least find out why poor Philip was having dreams of fairyland before he died suddenly and under somewhat suspicious circumstances. Not to mention haunting me. A question for the keeper. Yes. Um, from, from my past history or any of us in the Tuesday Night Academy, was the, uh, the Tuesday Night Academy investigates strange, peculiar mysteries, oddities, and tries to relate them to science. Um, was Philip working on anything or building a case or starting some sort of investigation that had any ties with Silas that we know of? Not that you know of. Uh, the Tuesday Night Academy, uh, uh, you know, for sake of, um, of uh, allowing the players to discover things throughout the course of the game, um, while you and uh, Professor Long are members of the Tuesday Night Academy, um, of late you haven't had, um, uh, you've been kind of busy, and so your 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 relationship with them has been uh, kind of you know on the on the side. Uh, you've been meaning to kind of get back into more meetings, uh, but uh, just work has been really kind of heavy on you. Uh, so you know that uh, the academy is uh, still always interested in promoting uh, the sciences the, of variety, the, the bandwidth the spectrum of sciences, pr promoting that publicly. Um, and, uh, and, you know, things of the uh, uh, unusual nature, you know, weird rumors, maybe, you know, hauntings, that kind of thing. Uh, it's almost like the uh, uh, Tuesday Night Academy um, assists in doing like debunkings right you know so there's always a scientific explanation for everything um so um your your uh to your to your you know small shame you're not 100 percent up to speed on the current business of uh, tuesday night academy so i'll leave it at that for now now you some now about silas uh, Cornelius. Okay, from our, I mean, our conversation in the study, um, I mean, he was definitely interested in positions with other universities, and he said he was working on a book, and if I recall correctly, he's a professor of folklore? Anthropology. Anthropology. Yeah. Sorry, my, yeah, my one, I'm curious what his, he says he's been work, uh, working on a book, but he's not been around the university. I'm curious what he's what he's working on he might he might be i mean if, if we if we want to take a more understanding position of where silas is coming from maybe he was in the in the study searching for a book that might have helped him in his studies in his in his research perhaps so uh, i'm sorry if i can interject um uh this has been very enlightening. You, as a as a team, have uh, uncovered uh, many questions uh, that span. Um, it feels like the breadth of of providence. There's there's so many questions, unanswered questions. So I, I pose to you, um, what do you want to do about trying to find some answers to any of these questions? 
I believe Dex, uh, Myron, you made an excellent point that we should probably get with uh, Father Julian before he's dead. He does not seem long for this earth. So yeah, I've, got, I've got his card and uh, he's agreed to talk to me about dreams. And now I've got this book. So I'll also, make an appointment, you know, as soon as he's available with his giant man child servant. Also, does Angela own the house now? Yeah. According to the will, yes. I wonder if we can get into the study again and take a look around and see if there's what Silas might have been looking for. I'm also going to ask Julian when the decision was made to have a closed casket and buy a home. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if Silas was indeed just snooping around in the study just to, to look for a book that might assist him in his studies, he, he would have mentioned that. It would have, it doesn't seem like that's something he would try to hide. Seem something odd that he would do that on the day of the funeral. Maybe he we wanted could... to steal something. That's, that's more likely, don't you that think? Is... Maybe we could split up and go into our inquiries. And Baxter, Baxter was an anthropologist too, wasn't he? Correct. Yes. Huh. So Silas is at odds with the university. He's working on research. And now he's snooping around the study of a deceased anthropology department member after his death. Honestly, and I'm just speculating, but there is a there is a connect. I mean, their fields of study and their yes, sir, and their relationship. And I, I am just curious if they have done any joint research together or if there was a problem there between the two of them. Again, another area I'd like to is I would really want. I really do want to look into the funeral manager but that can be something at a later date maybe i can contact a friend of mine who can see if there's anything that popped up in like the newspapers or anything do it from around about the back side who is yeah. this guy where has he worked before who yeah yes yeah, so i i might i i have a a friend who works he's a journalist so i will contact him and see if he can do that for me and maybe on Silas as well, I'd like to. He's been a bit AWOL, and I think, Cuthbert, you mentioned that he's looking for a new job, maybe. I don't know, maybe that could be something. You know, we might as well look into the Black Sheep Sun, too. Uh, Alan? Yeah. Yes. Just to make sure we know what state he's in, and you know, if he's got uh, gainful employment. He uh, thought he was going to inherit more than he got. Huh? Emmett well, sure as heck did. That, that kind of rules him out as a murderer. Doesn't rule Colin out, though. Colin isn't, he's not even in the state, is he? No. I just want to make sure he's wherever he's supposed to be. I think they had no current address for him. 
Yes, but you can still cause someone's death even if you are not in the same. Right, but you have to have a motive usually. There's a motive. And if you think you're going to get a million dollars, you have a motive. But if you don't know what you're going to get, there's not much of a motive. Angela has the most motive. Emmett's pretty pissed off about what he didn't get. Right. How many people are in your Tuesday night club? Why, it's around keeper hundred or so hard to tell hundred or so it's hard yeah, it's... And, and not not all members are active you know some get it and then maybe they move or get reestablished you know re um uh, uh, assigned to a different you know place or you know so uh, as far as maybe active members who come to meetings and stuff it's probably around a a, a solid dozen um but so yeah, so there's yeah, some are like myself. We are we're not local, and so we make it when we can, but that's few and far between. Right. Do you have a board or something? Who's going to decide who's uh, the boss who gets to spend Professor Baxter's largesse? I would assume it would be Silas, since he was the one at the the representative at the at the will reading. But I I'm fairly new. I'm not. I'm not sure of all the internal politics. You would you would know that there is a board, uh, and they'll they'll meet, and they have a treasurer, and they you know have different officers, and so uh, any uh, any expenditures that are made, you know anything that they receive from Philip will go into a into a uh, uh, a treasury, and then they'll as a as a democratic body decide on how to spend it. Okay, let's uh, call the priest and make an appointment. Yeah, I will, yeah. Yes, I will call my uh, my friend Mr. Lake, and he can to get on to research for us external research on a couple of names. You know that oh. uh, the fellow with the clipping service might be able to give you a little bit of a hand on some of that. Well, I don't think we want to involve Emmett in anything we're doing. No, that's why I'm... I guess not. That's why I'm going to call Mr. Lake. I actually think Mr. Lake uh, knows your PI friend, Mr. Lake. Oh, Mr. Bennings? Yes. Hank Bennings? Well, I suppose it couldn't hurt. Uh, I'll, I'll contact Bennings. Uh, I guess we are all having people to contact uh, set up things, but I'll have Bennings tail uh, Silas. Yeah, I mean, we have two phones in here and, and we can put through any calls we need to. Uh, if you'll excuse me, I'll I'll get on the phone to uh, Father Julian. Yes, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if Lake and Bennings end up using each other as sources for this job. So. I like your idea, Doctor Saladin, of uh, seeing if we can check the study. Go go to Angela and, and kindly ask if we could. Yeah, she seemed very nice. Uh, it's something I would definitely want to do check that study she did seem at reasonably so uh, close with Emmett of course she, she raised him uh, so tell her that what we received leads us to believe that there might be a number of items of value uh, that we'd like to take a look at we don't want to take them yes. we might take them yeah. But uh, we'd like when to take spoke, a look for them. When you spoke to uh, 
then that the car did uh, the housekeeper not ask you anything about what we got that they kept us back for no she didn't actually huh. i think she's still a bit in shock about getting the entire estate um but when I asked her about the drugs, she looked um, contemplative for a moment, and then she said, "Yes, there was the bottle." So she's not doesn't seem to be hiding anything. Did you ask her uh, to keep that bottle uh, handy so it could be examined? I I didn't. I doubt that it's even there anymore. But uh, if she throws out that bottle, then I'm gonna. No, it's gonna be troubling. Well, let me give her a call. I don't know if I have her number. Okay. Uh, so first I'll go to uh, Myron and his phone call uh, to reach uh, Father Julian. Uh, so the number uh, that you have for him is to a uh, Catholic um, home. It's almost like a, almost like a retiree kind of home that they manage. Yeah. And, um, and a, a woman uh, answers the phone and uh, addresses herself as a, uh, um, Sister Mary, and uh, she says, how may I help you? Uh, good afternoon. This is Myron Dexter. Um, Father Julian and I met um, uh, at his brother's funeral and uh, agreed uh, to have a private consultation uh, as soon as he's available. Do you, uh, can you put me through to him or his, uh, his assistant? Uh, I can help you. Uh, his his assistant, uh, uh, his personal uh, assistant, uh, is mute and uh, would not be able to assist you. So uh, I can help you in any way that uh, I can. I do know that uh, uh, the father uh, has uh, uh, as much time as he desires. He he is officially retired, and uh, um, he is. Uh, you know, usually here and awake and uh, does uh, prayer and contemplative uh, reading. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's he's usually quite uh, available. Oh, so I might be able to see him this afternoon. Absolutely. I, I don't see a reason why not. Very good. And, and this address on the card is current? It is. It is. Uh, very well. If you should see him or anyone who normally speaks to him, uh, ask him to expect me in, uh, say, half an hour. That sounds wonderful. Uh, One moment, sister. Yeah, oh yes, I'll be bringing. Uh, I'll be bringing along uh, an associate. He's met the father already. Oh, that sounds very good. Very good. Have a blessed day. You as well. All right. Thank you. Any other phone calls to NPCs? <laughs> yeah, I will. I will call. <laughs> I will call Bennings. Um, okay, uh, you can do that in your own head, or you can just kind of play yeah, it out here. I have. I let me talk. Let me talk to myself for about twenty minutes. And... <laughs> you have psychic abilities. <laughs> yeah, I, I will relate as well. Right? Okay, so you guys yeah, have like reached out. Yeah, so just want Bennings. want Bennings to keep an eye on on Silas. Okay. I'd like to know if there's a way we can get a hold of Angela. Well, I mean, have... It, we'll have uh, anybody at Brown will have access to his, uh, you know, phone number and address, camp, you know, school directory, also private ties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to look into the funeral manager, get me some background on him a bit more, and 
to find out what's maybe if he can find out what Silas has been up to, but that might be something that he corresponds with Bennings and they work okay. together to do that. So uh who's your who's your contact? Who's your character? Uh Samson Lake. He is my Lake. Lake. Okay. My uh doctor. so uh so if you engage Lake now and ask him to do research, um uh who is it that you want him to do research on? He can do on one uh now and i'll say that it's you know i mean the the uh the will reading was in the morning you guys have been burning a you know maybe another couple of hours so it's it's only midday now uh so if you wanted lake to engage uh and do any kind of research it would take the better part of this day depending upon the type of research that he does and you may uh, have some information by end of day with lake uh, but it won't be won't be a ton yet. I mean, since it is on very short notice, and he's going to be kind of scrambling. Um, but who is it that you would like like to? Uh, I'm more intrigued, even though because Bennings can would probably do, so. I would say the funeral manager. Okay. Alvin, yeah. Okay. So while Lake is doing that, um, it sounds like uh, Dr. Saladin and Mr. Dexter are going to pay a visit to uh, Father Julian. Um, Lake off camera is going to be doing other research. So what is it that... uh, uh, Oh, and then Long, what did you want uh, Bennings to be doing? Uh, Keep tabs on Silas. Okay. Almost like, like tailing him okay to a certain uh, extent like so see if he's like if he spends all of his time at his house his, at his home if he's making frequent trips back to the funeral parlor or he's constantly going to the law office like just what is he just over the next day or so okay know? just very 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 light observation Okay, so that will also be a in the background kind of thing. So with those two uh, characters doing things in the background, what is Cornelius Zebedee and Long doing today? We could look into going to the house to study. Yes, I would like to take a look at the study to see if we can like. We got we got a we got a book, and we're just curious if there's any other materials that are related to it his dreams or things that he was looking into for dreaming in this study. So we have pretty good okay. reason. If we, if we do that, we, we do need to, we should ring ahead first. So. Oh, certainly. And we have good reason since Philip himself bequeathed upon us these three items, which all point us in this direction. So. Yes. Okay. Uh, and don't forget, you want to get a hold of her little brown bottle, if it's at all possible. I'd yes. love to see that analyzed. Uh, for the time being, I'm going to keep these materials uh, in the envelope we got them uh, with me. Uh, but I can have, uh, I can have, let's see, I can have them photostatically reproduced here at the bank. But I would probably, I'll need to, I'll need to uh, make arrangements about that because I don't want anyone to see anything that they shouldn't. But by tomorrow, I should be able to provide you all with. Uh, reasonable facsimiles. Excellent. Okay. Um, so why don't we uh, bring the camera in with uh, Dr. Saladin and Mr. Dexter as you guys uh, 
have your appointment with Father Julian Baxter. I think that's something I should take my personal vehicle for rather than have a driver. All right. I've got a, a moderately nice looking hard, hard top, I should think. Okay. Uh, so uh, you guys pull up in front of this uh, building and um, uh, and it uh, it says uh, 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 the Holy Rosary uh, Retirement Home. And uh, as you go inside, uh, you are greeted. Uh, you see several nuns uh, in full habit gear walking around. Uh, you see a few uh, older gentlemen. Uh, they look like they are, uh, well, they are dressed as uh, priests. Uh, also kind of walking around. And as you go in through the main front doors, you are greeted by a woman, uh, a nun. And uh, she says, uh, welcome. How may I help you? Good afternoon. Uh, I'm Myron Dexter. I spoke to his sister, Mary, earlier about visiting Father Julian Baxter. Oh, yes. And you recognize her voice. Yes, I'm, I'm Mary. How may I help you? You want to speak? Uh, ha you have uh, your appointment with uh, Father Baxter. That's correct. Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, please follow me this way. And, uh, and so it's a very uh, nice compound. And uh, so she leads you down a, uh, a long corridor and there's a bunch of different rooms and stuff, um, you know, open areas and also some, some, you know, doors that you go past. And uh, so she takes you down um, and it's, um, it's like you've gone into like another wing of this uh, building. Uh, it's a very large sprawling ranch style building. And uh, she comes up to a door and knocks on it and uh, uh, does not wait for a uh, response. And uh, she opens it and inside um, near a window, you see uh, the wheelchair with uh, Father Baxter. And uh, there's like a kitchenette nearby and you can hear the tinking of uh, a silver spoon stirring uh, tea in a, in a china teacup. And uh, uh, the very large uh, young man uh, Matthew is uh, bringing a cup of tea uh, to uh, Father Baxter. And so uh, Mary, Sister Mary uh, says, uh, Father, your guests have arrived. And, uh, and he kind of, you know, looks up and, and weakly waves one hand and gestures to a, uh, to a seating area for you. Hat in hand, I nod to uh, Sister Mary, my thanks. And as she leaves, she pulls the door closed. Thanks. Uh, thank you very much, Father, for seeing us so soon. Yes. It's so good to see you again. Uh, I hope you're feeling rested. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I do what I can. Yes, it's an arduous week. Um, well, uh, I've already told uh, Dr. Zeno here, um, one of the things that I came to discuss with you, which I believe is not a dream, but is dreamlike. Uh, and I describe the visitation. Um, and 
you know, that's strange enough that I had this vision at night, even if it was not what we think of as a nightmare. But then your brother left us, Zeno and I, and a few of the others, a copy of his dream journal, the one that you were annotating. Uh, yes. and, and a most peculiar other artifact that I'll show you. Um, he, his final dream that he notes here, you haven't seen yet. Mm. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll ask you re to read it in a moment if you, if you care to. But he wondered when he wrote it down, uh, he wondered if it wasn't uh, inflected by a, a drug he was taking. Apparently you were helping him with some sort of sleeping draft. Um, so uh, uh, Matthew has uh, given um, the tea to the father and is kind of standing nearby um, and uh, and so I'm kind of picturing, you know, there's this large picture window. Uh, the father is in his wheelchair next to the window. Uh, Dr. Saladin and you are seated on a couch together uh, opposite of, um, of the father. Matthew is a little bit kind of in the background. He, you know, he does his best to, to do his impersonation of wallpaper. And uh, uh, at the mention of uh of a of a drug that uh the father has was giving uh, him uh, matthew actually takes a step forward like like one step forward uh and his heavy feet uh do kind of clump on the on the floor and so uh without uh quickly uh father baxter uh raises a, a weak hand and, and kind of shakes it a bit and uh, and kind of mumbles he says no no all is well all is well and matthew uh takes the same step backward uh and so then uh father uh baxter uh sets his tea down and uh and he 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 nods and he's silent uh for a little bit and then he he says uh yes yes that is that is true and and i do fear that it may that the drug may have contributed to his death i i have great great guilt and 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 i have fear that i may have contributed to my to my brother's death and and if that is true, I fear for for the for the wrath that I shall face when I meet the Lord and Mighty God. I I am I am I am very sad and and fearful for for what uh, what eternity lies ahead for me. I I curse myself for for ever introducing him to that draft. In, in thinking that it could help him with his with his troubled dreams you don't know the pain and and the and the guilt that goes with something like that it is it is horrifying 
Father, if you'll answer my question, what is the nature of this draft? Something that you concocted, something that you've gotten from someone else? I learned about it many, many years ago when I was on missionary in the Congo. And that was when I first began to to explore uh, the, the realms of dreams. I was fascinated by it, captured by it. And alas, I feel I may have been led astray by it. That will be my sin and my cross to bear for eternity. Well, Father, uh, you know, I, I presume, first of all, you'll, you know, you'll make confessions and also, uh, you know, intentions, I think, are very important in this regard. You didn't intend your brother any harm. Is this a substance that you've used since you were on mission? Long ago, when I was strong, I felt that I could use it, and I did, and I, I explored. In my dreams, I explored. But since my accident, I have not been well enough to do that, but I I still know how to, to brew the draft to help with the, gain the entry to sleep. Do you have, uh, is it leaves or uh, what kind of, um, what's the base of this uh, medicament? Yes, it is, it is a rare herb and root uh, muddled and mixed with other uh, rare ingredients, it's uh, difficult to make, and uh, but it's, it is a quite powerful drug. Do, do you have any of it? I do. I do. Uh, you know, if you would vouchsafe with us a bit of the substance, I can assure you that we're not going to um, you know, this is entirely a private matter inside the family and so on. I don't think you should be in on, under any suspicion. You never, it never caused you any physical harm though, right? It's not. And then he, he looks over uh, to, uh, to Matthew and uh, he says, uh, be a good boy if you would and fetch this fetch the drug for these young men please and matthew uh leaves uh as he leaves um uh, the the father uh sits there and kind of you know looks at the two of you um and he he seems to be contemplating something um and and he he says he he seems to he starts to nod, and uh, and, and he convinces himself and he says, uh, I I feel that if I am to have 
salvation. If, if my Lord Father will forgive me, I must pass on what I have known, what I have, and in hopes that others will be able to use it more wisely than I ever have. And so he, he kind of, with his one good hand, he reaches down and, and starts turning uh, his, his wheelchair. So it begins to pivot. And as it pivots enough, uh, you now notice, uh, because really Matthew was standing in front of it and the wheelchair is partially in front of it. Uh, there's a very low, like uh, three shelf tall, you know, uh, three, three foot tall shelving unit kind of right behind him, very low. So he pivots his chair and he leans forward very slowly. It's a very slow and, and, and purposeful movement. And he finally gets down there and his finger, you know, touches onto one book and, and he starts to drag it out until he can finally get a good clutch onto it. And then he's able to bring it back up uh, and cradle it into his arms uh, just as Matthew returns uh, with a small box and you can hear a uh, clinking of glass inside the box. Ding, 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 ding. And he comes back and he sets down and uh, he sets the box down uh, right next to uh, Dr. Saladin. And it uh, it's just an open, you know, just an open lidded box. And so inside the box, um, Dr. Saladin, you can see that there are uh, 10 little brown bottles. None of them have labels. They all have uh, uh, cork stoppers in them. And so each bottle looks like it's probably just a single dose. Like you pop the cork and you just, you know, shoot her, you know, you just shoot the whole thing, right? Um, so he sets that down and then, uh, and then he quickly attends to uh, Father Baxter to readjust his chair so that now he's facing you guys and uh, and he steps back and father baxter leans forward uh handing this book out to myron dexter the book is quite aged it is it's very fragile it's very old um it has a a hard uh brown cover uh with a uh, a cloth uh, uh, glued, uh, you know, uh, fabric to the, uh, to the hardcover. And, uh, as you open the book gingerly, uh, inside in a, uh, in a cursive script, um, you see a title that reads book of Ibon. And the father says, I give this to you to use as you will. Please, if you are able to discover that anything other than the drug took Philip's life, I, I would like to know. It, it weighs on me so, and I feel... I feel that guilt will be taking me soon. Father, um, is there anything in this book that uh, 
that you have found that might explain the the visitation I had that seemed to be Philip in my bedroom? That is an interesting question that he will ponder. Don't ponder too long. <laughs> <laughs> The answer to everything is, uh. <laughs> he he thinks about that for a second, and uh, he says, uh, I, "I don't know. It it's possible." that as Philip was taking his final breath, he may have been escaping his mortal coil into the realm of dreams. I don't know. I'm afraid I do not know. But there are dangerous things in the realm of dreams. Very dangerous. Is it possible to, if you were, if you were, what am I? <clears throat> is it possible to move here while also in the realm of dreams? I do not know. Yeah. Well, uh, this is a, this is, might seem a minor matter next to all of this. And I thank you as I thank your brother for entrusting uh, myself and, and these others uh, with, with all of this. Um, was there a reason that, the, that he, he was uh, buried in a closed casket? Yes. Lo not long before the funeral began the funeral director, a uh, uh, Mr. Beswick, came to the family and he apologized. Apparently, a method of, of preparing the body for burial went awry and Philip's body became discolored in a way that apparently would have been quite disturbing for the family to see. So we agreed then, sight unseen, that it would be best to have it as a closed casket. But I do wish I could have seen Philip one more time. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to trouble you with this detail. Um, uh, your brother passed away sometime Saturday night or Sunday morning. I saw him at, at the end of Sunday night or some part of him. When did the uh, Beswick fellow tell you that the 
body was no longer suitable for viewing, if you know. Less than an hour before the funeral. Oh. But Philip, no one had seen Philip's body before then, other than the funeral director. Yeah, I missed out. And I believe we will fade to black for this episode and return as Cornelius, Zebedee, and Frederick go to visit the good Angela in what is what was Philip Baxter's home when next we meet. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Stuart Lively, Josh Harwood, David Gasway, and myself with John Hook as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games and learn the finer art of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good game.